I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. And that caused me to isolate myself. And what happens when you isolate yourself is you only hear your own voice. And when you're depressed, your voice is depressing. It's negative. It's wrong. It's a bunch of lies. Welcome to the Secrets of Supermom show, where we explore how successful, busy moms battle overwhelm, beat burnout, and stay happy in the process. I'm your host, Lori Oberbreckling, wife, mom of four, corporate executive, photographer, and author of the book, Secrets of Supermom, how extraordinary moms succeed at work and home, and how you can too. Hey, hey, friend, welcome to episode number 53 of the Secrets of Supermom show. Before we get started today, I want to share something super special. Did you start your year with a big list of goals and a big list of dreams and already you feel like you're faltering a little bit? Maybe you're wavering a little bit. Or maybe you're on track, but your goals are just a little less exciting. Maybe you're a little less motivated. Maybe something has completely thrown your year into a tailspin already and you're not on track at all. I have something super special to put you in the right mindset. In the brand new monthly planning party, you are going to look at your goals. You're going to look at your year so far. You're going to make a solid plan for your next month, and you're going to walk away with a plan to meet your goals month after month all year long. If you are a busy mom who wants time back in your schedule and you want to stop the overwhelm, this planning party is exactly what you need. You can sign up at secretsofsupermom.com forward slash planning party, or you can go to the link in the show notes if you're driving or running or doing whatever it is you're doing. And you can make sure to sign up because not only will you get the limited time replay if you can't make it live, but you get the first peek at something super secret and it's just for you that's coming really soon. I cannot wait to see you there. Today, we are talking about a topic that I know some of you might have experienced Maybe some of you are even experiencing this right now if you're a fairly new mom. Postpartum depression is a struggle that is often hidden by new moms. New moms feel like they shouldn't feel like this. They feel like they should just snap out of it. They feel like, how can they be sad when they have a new baby? And the reality is that research tells us that 10 to 20% of new moms will experience postpartum depression. 10 to 20%. That number is huge. And the reality is that keeping it a secret often makes it worse. So joining us today is Chelsea Dishinger. She's a blogger, speaker, aspiring author, and a postpartum depression survivor. Chelsea shares her story with us today in the hopes that she can help other moms know they are not alone. I am happy to share with you this interview with Chelsea. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome to the show. I am super excited to have Chelsea with me today. Chelsea, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Chelsea, will you tell us a little bit about you and your family and kind of how you got where you are today? Yes, I am a wife and a mother of two little girls. They are awesome. Um, I currently am still staying home with them, but I started a blog. I'm writing a book right now um, because my passion is just to help women who they know they have greatness inside of them, but something has knocked them down. For me, we're going to talk about today is depression, but yeah. it could be divorce. It could be sickness, whatever it is. Um, and they, they know that they want to get their life back on track. They're ready to find their way again. And, and that's my hope is that I can help women kind of find their way back and, and get their best selves again. Yes. I love that. And, and I am super passionate about mental health. I've, I've told, um, I've told some women that really my reason for secrets of Supermom, it, just together is that 
I know that if we can help moms feel amazing, then that makes them better parents. That makes their children feel more amazing. And it's just this beautiful ripple effect that can impact really the entire world. And that is where, you know, I feel so passionate about this. So I'm really excited to talk about mental health today. I know that a lot of moms struggle with things like postpartum depression that we're going to have you tell a little bit more of your story, but even just depression in the situation that we've been in for the last 18 months, you know, situations that all of us encounter in life. And so just really having some tools to be able to get out of that. But will you tell us a little bit more, we go in a little bit more depth about your experience with postpartum depression. Yes. Um, actually before my kids were born, I was one of the happiest people. I mean, you just would never imagine that I would go through this. This was a shocker. Um, I was pregnant with Jordan living the best life, loved my job. And then I went into the hospital, delivered her. And I just had a rough delivery. And after she was born, I just started crying and I did not stop crying for like six years. It was really rough. I was, um, just completely broken. I can't even explain to you. I went in the hospital, one person, and I came out a different one and I couldn't get control of my emotions. I had no motivation. I, um, every day was, was eternity. Like I would look at the clock and it's like 9am. I'm like, you're kidding me. It has to be four o'clock in the afternoon. Like the time never go by. I was depressed. I was, um, it was just, it was a really deep, dark season and, uh, it lasted a long time. And, and I think that was the hardest part. I know six years doesn't sound like a long time, but when you're in a dark hole, it feels like forever. You know, I work, you know, I, what I started my career in therapy and, um, and in counseling. And so have worked with a lot of women in depression. And to me, six years sounds like an eternity, uh, because there is so much despair there that, that feels like you can't get out of. So to be in that for, for six years is crushing. It's, it's soul crushing. So you, obviously were struggling for a very long time. You know, you're still a mom, you're still parenting, you're still trying to do all the things, right? So what steps did you actually take to start to kind of dig out of this? Well, I think, and I love to use the word despair because I will tell you that is exactly how I felt. At the beginning, I thought like, oh, I can tough this out. I'm going to get through this. You know, it's just baby blues. And then it just kept going. And And uh, I think then I was in complete denial. And then once I got through the denial phase and I realized I can't fix this, then I got to despair. And that's when you really break because you just feel like this is my life forever. It's never going to change. And I I don't know what to do. And then, then you don't want to live anymore. I mean, it just gets really bad. And um, so, you know, digging out of darkness is really hard. Um, I wish there was some magical thing I could tell you, but um, I think the best way to talk to you about how to dig out of darkness is to tell you what not to do Yeah, <laughs> because I did the wrong thing. <laughs> that's part of why I stayed there so long. So let me tell you what not to do. Um, one of the first things was I did not see a doctor. I did not get help. I was like, no, I'm fine. I got this. I got this. And that was really dumb. There is so much that doctors can do, whether it's simply going to therapy or counseling to work through or talk through what you're going through or medication that can kind of take the edge off of some of your depression. I was very anti-medication. I was very anti and judgmental about all of this because I was a young 25 year old who had this perfect life and everything was easy. And I just, you know, I had my own little judgments. Um, I got knocked off my feet um, there. And now I realize 
wow, depression can happen to anybody. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. doesn't mean you're a bad person. You don't need to feel guilty about it, but you do need to get help. And I didn't get help for a long time. So, um, and I'm not saying the medication is going to make it better or even the counseling can make it better overnight, but it can help. And anything that can move you forward when you're digging out of a hole is great. Um, I think another thing was I was really hard on myself. I was, I'm a perfectionist. And as soon as I had a child, I was like, I have to do this. Perfect. This is a human being's life. Like this wasn't just my job anymore. This was like a human that I loved. And so I put so much pressure on myself. And, um, if I had a rough night, the baby was up all night. I still had to get up early to make sure I made all organic, perfectly natural food. We couldn't do the canned food. And it's just like, give yourself a break. You know, all the moms listening that have more than one child is probably like, Oh my God, girl, you're crazy. Cause you know, the first kid you go nuts over being perfect. The second kid you're like, ah, they'll survive. <laughs> um, but I was pretty crazy. I was, um, just so much pressure on myself to be perfect and do everything just right. And I think I just exhausted myself. Yeah. And, um, one more thing, uh, just when you're trying to dig out of a hole, I was so ashamed before I had my kids. I was in ministry. I was a, um, on staff at a very large church and I was also, um, admissions and marketing director at a Bible college. So I had all these students that were looking up to me. I had all these people that I was always helping and encouraging. I was never the one in need. I was always the one helping. And then all of a sudden I'm lost and I can't find myself and I, I can't will myself. There's nothing I can do to get out of this. I felt like, and so I was so ashamed. I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. And that caused me to isolate myself. And what happens when you isolate yourself is you only hear your own voice. And when you're depressed, your voice is depressing. It's negative. It's wrong. It's a bunch of lies. So I sat alone all day. My husband would go to work and I sat in this house by myself with this baby and just ruminated over all of the sadness and the depression and the anxiety and the fears and the embarrassment day after day after day. And eventually you build a script that just starts, you start living your life according to the script. And there was no one else. I mean, my husband was wonderful. Thank God for him. And he would come and do his best to speak truth, but I didn't let anybody in. And I only heard my own voice. And I think that kept me there a lot longer than I needed to be there. You know, I didn't let anybody else say, Hey, I've been through it too. Or, Hey, let me be there for you. You know, yeah. or, Hey, this is totally normal. Yeah. Hey, this is totally normal. We like, there's actually something we can do about this. There's actually, or, or there are things we can try, right. Whether that's from a doctor or a friend or, uh, you know, a counselor or a, you know, a parishioner or whoever it is, there are probably so many people that could have said, wait, hold my hand, come with me. I can help you. Right. And to push all those people away, it does. Um, it makes you feel super lonely and terrified and hopeless and, and all of the things that just kind of make it worse. Yes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, It was, it was really rough and I wish I had made, um, you know, I'm so thankful, like even just today, you putting this podcast together, um, just so that people can hear that it's normal and that it's okay. And then it can happen to anybody because I didn't hear that. I didn't know that. I just, thought that something was wrong with me and that I was failing. I saw depression, not being able to beat depression meant I was a failure. I was weak. And, um, I didn't understand, you know, that it's so much more than that. (laughs) So, 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I hear moms say, I'm not perfect. I'm broken. I'm right. And none of these things are true. We're, we're, no one's expected to be perfect. Right. And no one is, and we're not broken. We just, there are strategies that we don't know yet or ways to cope that we don't know yet, or people that we can bring into our lives that we don't know yet that are going to, you know, help us become better and help us kind of dig out of this hole. Cause it does feel like you're kind of in a dark hole, right? That you, you want to climb out. There's just, you don't know how. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that there are moms listening that can completely relate, right. That are absolutely like, yes, I suffered from depression or postpartum depression or have really, um, felt this. I'm willing to bet. There are a lot of other moms that maybe haven't felt that far, but certainly have felt that their emotions were out of control, that they, didn't feel totally like themselves. And so what, how do you help moms? Like what kinds of things do you tell them when they just feel like their emotions are, are getting the best of them, that they just aren't within the control that they feel like they should have all of them. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's a great question because I, I don't know about you, but my emotions can be all over the place. <laughs> Motherhood is so emotional. It is. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, I, I am not a doctor, but this is what I have learned for myself is that a lot of my emotions come from my thoughts. And so, you know, when we get emotional and I hate that because when I'm emotional, I just want to be emotional. I don't want to control my thoughts and I don't want to try to change my emotions. I just want to there in my feelings. Um, But the truth is a lot of times how we feel is a result of what we're thinking in our mind. We're thinking negative. We tend to think, feel negative. And so when I get really emotional, I have to stop myself and think about what I'm thinking about because, and it's so funny because a lot of people say, no, you know, I don't really think my emotions are controlled by my thoughts. I don't really think I think that negative, but we don't realize how negative we think. We think thousands of thoughts a day. How often do we stop and analyze what we're thinking? We don't, we're in this habit, right? Like I said before, it's a script. We build this script in our mind. You know, I'm too fat. I'm, you know, in the morning, first thing in the morning, oh, I shouldn't eat that. I'm fat. Oh, my jeans don't fit. Oh, you know, by, by 9am we've thought a hundred horrible things about ourselves. And we didn't even realize we were doing it the whole day. We're doing this. We're just negative, negative. And then we wonder why we feel bad and we feel like unworthy. And, and, and I'm not saying that's the only place emotions come from, but I, I do notice that a lot of my emotions are based on how I'm thinking. And so I just want to encourage you, if you're struggling with your emotions to take inventory of your thoughts, what are you really thinking about yourself? What are you thinking about that thing that you're emotional about? I get emotional about my kids. If there's something that I feel, if I've been thinking, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to fix it. Then I get really emotional about it. But if I switch my thoughts to I know I can find a solution. I'm going, we're going to work this out. Like God is still God. It's all going to work out. You know, whatever you say to yourself, um, it really does change my emotions. And so um, I, I don't know. I just think that's something that we take. We don't take seriously enough. We just think, oh, I'm just emotional because my hormones are, oh, I'm just emotional because it's a rough day. We feel, I guess what I'm trying to say is when we feel emotional, we also feel like we can't control that. Yeah. And we really do have more power over our emotions than we think we do. And one of the ways of doing that is by controlling our thoughts, saying, you know, I'm going to think positive today. Like I'm going to change how I think about this, this, I'm so stressed. I'm so highly emotional about this situation with my kids or my husband stop and change the script. 
change how you're thinking about it. Cause our feelings, I always tell my kids this, they hate it. I'm like, feelings are followers. They are not leaders. If you let them lead you, they will lead you to laying in bed all day with Netflix and bonbons. That's at least that's where my feelings would take me Yeah, out of bed most mornings, you know? Um, and so we have to make them followers by leading with our thoughts and choosing to think positive. So that's just, that's my own take on it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're so right. And I think that so often those thoughts, those thoughts are leading us, but those thoughts are like not even true right? Yes. There, there are yeah. thoughts like you wake up and you say, oh, I shouldn't eat that because I, you know, I'm already fat. And then if you actually stopped and you wrote down that thought and you said, is that true? Almost always it's not true. Right. Yeah. You know, right. or I am, you know, feeling terrible because all the moms on my block hate me. Do all the moms on the block really hate you? Probably not. Right. Yeah. And so you start to say, okay, wait a minute, is this even true? And then how can I start to change that? And can I, you know, can I come up with a truer thought? And would that thought make me maybe make me feel a little bit better because I am not just, you know, my mind's not trying to lie to me all the time by having all of these negative thoughts. It's, you know, they can kind of plague us. I feel like those yeah. negative thoughts. Yeah. I love what you said about the lying part because you're so right. So much of our script in our life is lies. We just lies that we believed and which time for us as moms to take those back and, and fill our minds and our hearts with truth, because, you know, we're also raising, you know, our kids learn by what we do and who we are as people. And if we're sitting here buying all these lies, we're example, we're showing our kids, you know, to just buy and believe what is ever told to them. Yeah. We take back more of truth for our own selves. You're right. And every mom on the street doesn't hate you. You just feel like it, you know? And, and I love what you said about that because, I think it's really important that we have more truth in our, our minds. Yeah. I think when you said that about the children, I think like, so if I, you know, let's say we wake up in the morning and it's madness and I end up yelling and then everyone goes off to school and I say, I'm a terrible mom. Well, am I really a terrible mom? Cause I yelled at them this morning. Probably not. Right. That's not true. Yeah. And would I ever want them to believe that lie? Would I want them to believe that I'm a terrible mom? Certainly not. Right. I don't want, I want them to think, Oh yeah. My mom's pretty awesome or like tolerable at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I think that that's right. We don't want to, to have our kids believe those untruths either. And we, yeah. you know, we and certainly you don't want them. So I'm so sorry. No, please. Yeah. You, don't, you don't want your kids to grow up believing their parents, bad moms because they, yeah. yeah. And every mom and all of life has yelled at their kids at some point. Yeah. You don't yeah. want your kids growing up, believing these lies that you, but you'll accept them for yourself. And yeah. we can't do that anymore. Yeah. I agree. I completely agree. I want to change directions a little bit. I want to ask you, I know you said that when you were feeling the most terrible, you had no motivation. You just didn't want to do anything. So if moms are feeling that, because sometimes I think that depression can come out like that, or even just, you know, just not feeling right. Emotionally, we feel like that impacts us with motivation. We don't want to do any of the things that we're supposed to do. So how do you, what do you tell moms if they're just saying, I'm, I'm not motivated at all. I I don't want to do anything. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, that is totally normal. (laughs) Um, I don't feel motivated often myself and you don't need to feel guilty about that. That's the truth. The other thing though, about motivation is when it, if you wait for it to come, you're going to be waiting a long time. And then when it finally arrives, it's going to last about 
24 hours, <laughs> three days, if you're lucky, right? Like you finally get motivated to work out, you do your first couple workouts and then like, I don't know what happened to motivation. So why am I saying this? We cannot base our life on motivation. It's just not stable enough and it doesn't show up as often as we need it. So, um, you just have to make a choice. And I hate that. Cause I really want to like, just do something, you know, with motivation, but, and that was kind of where I was at. I was finally like, I am, this is not me. This is not who I am. I know there is better inside of me. I am going to make changes. And, um, I think one of the things that you can really do is just make a choice that you're going to change one habit in your life. Yeah. You know, um, something that you think will help you with your struggle to depression. One of it could be is I'm going to change my habit of not getting help. I'm going to go get help. Right. Yeah. I have it in my life where I consistently get help until I have, until this is gone, you know, or it can be, you know, I'm going to, um, go work out three days a week, you know, whatever it is. I think that when we, when we're stuck in a hole, we can't keep doing the same things and expect different results. Yeah. You have, and, and the easiest thing to do is change your body. I feel like for me to change my body and then my mind and my emotions follow. So like go outside and work out or choose to eat something healthy, doing a habit physically kind of jumpstarts me mentally and emotionally. Yeah. Um, so I think when you don't have the motivation, unfortunately, you just have to remember who you are and say, I'm doing this for me because I'm better than this. Cause I can do this. Cause I want more for my life, whatever it is, but, um, you have to make the choice. And I think that's why sometimes people have to hit rock bottom because it's so dang hard to make the choice to do yeah. it without motivation that some of us like me have to hit rock bottom to where you finally go, okay, I'm going to change. Even if yes. I don't feel it anymore, I have to, right? Like I have to. Yeah. Um, hopefully you don't get to the point where you have to, but, um, and you can just make a choice, but, um, that's life. That's just the honest truth of life. You just yeah. have to make a choice. Yeah. I love that. You said the habit of getting help of asking for help. So I, you know, I like to talk about motivation. We've had some folks before that we've talked about motivation and, you know, we talk about habits and how not relying on motivation, but relying on habits, but I have never had someone come on and talk about the habit of asking for help. So that not that you can't ask for help or that you won't ask for help. Just you're not in the habit of asking for help. And now you're going to turn the script and you're going to get in the habit of asking for help. I love that so much because then it just feels so much less scary and so much, you know, less like it has, um, I feel like it has a stigma sometimes. And so yeah. there's no stigma. I'm just out of the habit. And now I'm going to get in the habit of being the person that asks for help. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Love that. Love that. So I want to ask one more question. And that is that we talked a little bit about feeling stuck, right? Not motivated, but then also just feeling like there has to be something more, but now I don't know what that is. And I'm just trapped a little bit. So how did you, after you, six years, you felt stuck, right? And, at, but something changed. How did you get out of feeling stuck and say, okay, I am going to strive for something bigger. Yeah. Well, first of all, I still get stuck all the time. <laughs> There's actually an area of my life where I feel really stuck right now. And then other areas that I don't. Um, so I just want to make sure people understand, you know, I'm not some superwoman here who, who is not stuck. Um, just like how, um, have you ever, have you ever done like 
for breakfast, right? You wake up in the morning and, and there's someone brings these like box of donuts to work, right? And you're like, ooh. And so you you know you brought your like super healthy smoothie, but you're like, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and have the donut this morning, right? Yes. I don't know what it is about eating that one donut that just is like, I've ruined my whole day. I might as well eat whatever I want. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that one donut and then you're like, oh, well, and then I end up eating a horrible lunch and a horrible dinner and, and having ice cream at bed. And um, why the one donut did that? I don't know, but it's amazing how one positive thing can also have the same effect. And so when I get stuck, I force myself to do one positive thing, depending on what I'm stuck on. So when I was depressed, I mean, it was hard to just function, even just laundry. I mean, I remember I used to look at the dishes and sink. there could be three dishes in there and I would ball my eyes out because it was just overwhelming. Like I couldn't handle the three forks in the sink. It was crazy. So, um, what I do is I, I tell myself, like, I am going to do when I'm driving the kids to school, it's like, okay, I'm having a horrible day. I have no motivation. I'm really emotional today. I'm going to go home and climb in bed and just Netflix. till I have to pick them up. And, what I would do is I tell myself, no, Chelsea, when you get home, you have to fold the laundry for 10 minutes, only 10 minutes, the rest of the day, you can do whatever you want, just 10 minutes. And it's crazy how like, I'd be into it for 10 minutes. And by the time the 10 minutes is up, I was like, ah, you know, I'm already doing it. I might as well finish this load. It's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to throw those other ones in the wash while I'm doing it. And it's like the next thing, you know, two hours has passed. And I'm like, whoa, like I, I honestly, a lot of times it's just getting started. So I play these mind games with myself. I don't want to work out. I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to go for a 10 minute walk. Just 10 minutes. Yeah. And next thing you know, after 10 minutes, I'm like, oh, it's a beautiful day. The sun's out. It's two miles later. I'm like, okay, now I'm going to go home. You know, yep. it's, it's amazing how um, just getting started. But I can't get started if I think I'm going to have to do something for longer than 30 minutes. I think <laughs> that sounds really bad. But so I give myself like a short time limit. And I'm like, I only have to do it something easy, simple, and positive. Um, once I get started, I'm usually good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. that really, really helps me. Um, and one more thing I was going to say that helps oh, yeah. me sometimes when I can't even get myself to do something is podcasts. And I'm not saying that just because I'm on a podcast. I'm totally serious about this. It's why I love podcasts because sometimes I can't get myself to do those three forks in the sink. I just can't, but I can press play on my phone and listen to somebody who's going to speak truth and life into me. And I will do that. I'll just lay on the couch, lay in bed, whatever. And I'll just put it on. Or a lot of times if I know I'm having a rough day on the way to school and on the way home, my kids get to listen to all of this with me. I'll put on some really powerful podcasts. And by the time I get home, I'm like, you know what? This is my only day. Like I'm never getting this day back. I can do this. And you know, every day counts. And it just, the podcast, when you're just so down and you don't have the strength or energy, you don't have to read a book. That's just too hard, right? You don't have to, all you have to do is press play and just listen and somebody can speak encouragement to you. So that's why I love podcasts. Yeah. There's so an easy way to just really fill your mind and your heart and refresh yourself. Um, so I love doing, 
I, I love doing podcasts when I'm having a hard day. Yeah. Have- they can be so powerful, right? They yes. can be so powerful to change your, to change even probably some of the thoughts that you're having. Cause now you're listening yeah. and you're like, Oh wait, I actually do that really well. Or, Oh, I am really good at that. Or, Oh, I am. I was actually motivated for the last four days to work out or whatever it might be. And so, yeah, yeah just really kind of changing the perspective and, and doing it in a way that is so easy that even if you're not motivated, even if you feel stuck, you can do it. You can press play. It's anyone can press play. (laughs) It's true. You totally can. Oh, so good. Okay. I want to wrap up. We have two questions that we ask to every single guest. And the first is when do you feel most like a super mom? I think on the days that I can give my kids a hundred percent of my attention when I'm not just frazzled and everywhere, they come home from school and I can actually sit with them and ask them about their day and play a game with them. I think that's when I feel like super mom. Oh, yeah. and when they eat healthy, <laughs> they that's eat always a, healthy meals. I'm like winner. <laughs> it's always a nice perk to be like, you're going to eat any French fries today. Yes. This was a win. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, okay. What is one small step that busy moms can do today to get started if they are feeling stuck? Well, I think not to rehash where we already talked about, but I think kind of developing a one positive habit. And I think if you're a busy mom, you should maybe consider your positive habit to be something that involves prepping. Like maybe I should start meal prepping because, you know, it makes dinner quicker or, you know, just setting a little bit of time aside to prepare yourself for the next day. Cause if you are always feeling behind having a habit of preparing, at least for me, it's a game changer. I'm so yeah. much more I'm a better mom when I'm already had dinner, like planned the night before, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, completely. Yes. When you feel, because you don't feel like you're scrambling all the time. Yes. You just, you feel like, okay, this is the next thing I'm going to do is this because I've already planned it and I know it's coming. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. All right, Chelsea, tell us where we can find you. Tell us where uh, listeners can find out more. Okay. Well, um, I have a blog. It's chelseadishinger.com. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram, Chelsea Dishinger. So you can look me up. Um, I share lots of encouragement, um, crazy videos of my days and um, things to just help you stay motivated and, and get out of the funk. So I love it. Thank you so, so much for being here today. Well, thank you for having me. It's great talking to you, Lori. Thanks for listening to the Secrets of Supermom show. It doesn't have to end here. Head over to secretsofsupermom.com and take the quiz to find out your personalized supermom superpower. Or if you want to hang out in the next best thing to real life, join me at Secrets of Supermom on Facebook or Instagram. Big hug, y'all.